Hello everyone, it's time for Adventures in Careerland. We're trying a whole different format today. We've got some video, we've got some audio, and we're broadcasting live from the Louisville School Division Broadcast Media Program. And we're very pleased to do that. This program, the Broadcast Media Program, is one of the signature programs of the 13 at the Louisville Arts and Tech Center in Louisville School Division. And as usual, this is our Adventures in Careerland podcast with our able and intelligent producers. We have Isabella with us. Isabella, how are you? Hey, everyone. I'm good. And she's been producing this for the last four episodes. And we have Lily. Lily, who's at home right now, looking Hello. after her life. I'm Lily. And Lily is also one of the student producers. This time, we've also got Gabe from the broadcast media program. Great Gabe Ryu. And... He's a special guest today. He's kind of a monitor. He's going to check things out. He's part of our big team. And our extra, extra special guest is Bilal Ayash, and he's at the hey, University everyone. of Guelph. That's right. <laughs> and of course, this podcast is all about uh, student stories for students. It's about getting inspired by student stories and learning about the decisions people make while they're in school. Uh, what are their instincts? What are the people? Who are the people they're meeting? And how do they make their calls as they move down the path of life and career? Always very difficult. In our last four episodes, we've had some great feedback from students because I actually use the podcast in my career development course and students have actually responded to it. And uh, they are telling me that they feel inspired by many of the stories. And a couple of stories from Lily and Isabella we're especially inspiring, but we've had Eric Bow on and uh, we've had some folks on this podcast who are young, who are making decisions, who are open to possibilities of life. And it's very, very inspiring to us all. So we're very happy uh, to start this podcast with a very important topic. What did you do on Halloween? What was your COVID Halloween like? I can tell you. We put a sign up at our house and said, no candy this year. Be safe. We'll see you next year. How about you, Lily? Now, Lily's from China. Tell us what Halloween in China looks like. Um, my friends in China, they really celebrate a lot. They go to a restaurant and they, 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 they do the cosplay and they make up, but they don't, they don't eat a lot of candy. <laughs> No candy. That's the only reason we have no Halloween. <laughs> that's the only so reason we do it. Chinese Halloween, you know? <laughs> Jeez, I, I had two Snickers bars for breakfast because of leftover candy. <laughs> Isabella, what's Halloween like in Brazil? So Halloween has been celebrated quite recently. It is not like a Brazilian tradition or anything. But a lot of people do parties with um, costumes and all that. So, yeah, I guess some of my friends got together, like, in a small groups um, to just dress up and have fun. Oh, that's awesome. And Gabe, of course, our friend Gabe here for the first time. What would you do on Halloween in Winnipeg? I've watched horror movies for about 12 hours and then passed out. Okay. <laughs> Gabe, that sounds very exciting. It is. Were you alone in the darkness of your basement or something? Well, of course. How else are you supposed to watch horror movies? 
As if there's any other way to watch them. Jeez. Gabe, Gabe, that's fascinating. Anyway, Bilal, Bilal is our guest today. Bilal, you, you come back a long way, and you're from Lebanon, and you spent time in Nigeria, correct? That's right, yeah. What was Halloween like in Lebanon? Um, I never experienced it, to be honest with you. The first time I ever had a, like a Halloween experience was here in Canada when I came uh, to Winnipeg, to be honest with you. Okay, so when you experienced Halloween for the first time, did you think this was nuts? It was it was amazing. I thought it was a really cool idea just going out there, um, knocking on your neighbor's doors and uh, taking like candy from them. You know, I, I used to go with my little sister and I had the excuse of like, oh, I'm just there to watch out over her. But in reality, I, I was pretty impressed with, with the whole kind of like, like treats and everything. It was really cool. I thought it was amazing. So you kind of told your sister, here's how it works. Here's how we do Halloween in Winnipeg. Yep. Uh, one yep. candy for you, two candies for <laughs> me. <laughs> Basically, exactly. Okay, well done. Well done, Bilal. Now, Bilal, you are, you're, honestly, Bilal, you're a special person in my life. We work together. Bilal was a student of mine back at uh, good old Nelson McIntyre. Right. And he graduated in 2016. And his journey was an interesting one. Tell us about your life in Lebanon and a little bit about your background and your parents and where you came from and what your journey was like to Winnipeg. Yeah, of course. I mean, how do I even start this? Uh, one of the most, like, most important people in my life are my parents and uh, they've went through a lot. They've done a lot to get me where I am today and I 100% like, thank them for all the stuff that they've done. Um, my dad, uh, we were, I was born in a refugee camp in Lebanon, the Badawi camp. And, uh, we, I grew up there for like two years and then we moved to Nigeria. Uh, when my father decided to move to Nigeria, he did that just for the purpose of, uh, us having a better future and a better learning, um, in the refugees over there in Lebanon. Uh, the education is not that good and unfortunately even the teachers can't even speak English and they do end up teaching the language which turns out to be a really bad kind of mix at the end you know um, but one of like our greatest like wait like greatest things that my dad ever did was to get us out of there and take us to a place where like in Nigeria Kano take us to a private school where we studied there and we had the education that we that we we took the education that helped me get here to Canada. And I remember when I first came here to Canada in, uh, was it, um, say 2016? Yeah, 2016 in Canada. No, you didn't. Uh, sorry, actually 2013, sorry. Okay, 2013. sorry. Yeah. yeah. So when we first came here, um, just the fact that we had that education background from Nigeria, it was a really strong kind of system. And when we came here, um, like the math, the physics, the science, all that stuff was really easy on us. But then we had another challenge, it was the language, and we had to learn the English. I had an accent when I first walked in, we worked in the class, I had a really like uh, rough accent. It was kind of like a Nigerian English accent. So it was kind of cool seeing uh, where I was before and where I am now with the whole like development. It was really, really cool. So how did you feel, Bala? Like when you... Did you feel a bit like a stranger in a strange land? Did you feel embarrassed yeah. by your language abilities? or? I, I, I wouldn't say I was embarrassed by the language, but I would say that I felt like I didn't belong at the beginning because uh, basically, like, I'll just tell you an example. Like, 
back in like Nigeria or Lebanon. In Nigeria, by the way, like I went to a Lebanese school, right? So there's a lot of Lebanese people, there's a lot of Nigerian people, so there's a lot of diversity. It was really cool. It was amazing. Uh, when I first came here, um, the jokes that I used to say to my friends back in Nigeria, when I say to people like in my school here, they're like, "What? You know, like it was there's a there was a difference. There's a mm-hmm. I, I guess it's a shock. It was like it was completely different." And schools were completely different too. Here um, in Nelson McIntyre specifically, there was a lot of things going on, like varsity sports, junior varsity sports, and we never had that there. So it was all new at once. And then it was kind of hard at the beginning to kind of find the the right groups of friends that will help you go to where you want to go at the end. But yeah, like I guess that was the biggest kind of challenge at the beginning is finding a... Uh, the right people and finding something to do because when I first came here it was really hard because I couldn't find something to do so I ended up just playing a lot of video games at the beginning I guess that was in grade 9 and uh, I like until today I look back at it and I'm like I could have spent the time better but uh, I've met a lot like I've met a lot of cool people like met you I met Mr. Sabrin I got met a lot of really good teachers in Nelson Mac that helped me kind of like remove that focus from like video games to focus on real life and start achieving something in real life rather than just a game, you know? Well, you've had an interesting journey. When I met you, it was more, you were in grade, you were just coming out of grade 10, coming into grade 11. Back then, I remember that really good. I remember that. I remember, do you remember when we met? Yeah, I remember it was at a conference. Not, I don't remember exactly what conference it was, but... One of the, Lydia, okay, so let me tell you guys, first of all, like when uh, the first time like this program was introduced at Nelson Map, I remember it was me and one of my colleagues, Andre Bazin. Um, we were two people just sitting in at lunch and then we had a teacher, Miss Cook, come up to us and tell us, hey, you guys should check this out. She told us all about it. And me and Andre were just like, I don't know how this is going to help us. Like, I don't like, I don't know. You know, we were little kids. We didn't know much. And then when she said there's going to be free food, we're like, okay, I guess that's it. We're going to go. <laughs> that was always, and then, that was always the, uh, the catch, it was, right? it was, it was like grade nine, you know, like free food. Hey, there you go. Perfect. And then after that, I remember Miss Cook sent us to one of the events and that's when we met you, Mr. Magnifico, the first time. And I remember it was just, it was just amazing. It was just one of the, like, at, at same, like I remember it was a really, we were standing there and you told me to go up and talk in front of someone or talk to someone. And I was so scared to just approach like people I don't know and just talk to them and ask them questions about whatever was going on. I'm not, I forgot exactly what the conference was about. It was something in business in the Red River, uh, Red River College. I'm not 100% sure, but I guess the first time I ever talked to you, you pushed me to kind of go up to the person and ask them the questions I wanted to ask in their presentation. And I remember that really good, and it was amazing. It was, that was basically my first step in getting out of my comfort zone. Because we never, like, I, I don't think I've done that before. This was just completely different. Going up to, ran, like, at, at that time, going up to a random person and just talking to them and trying to connect with them. Well, so it, was, it was a really cool experience. Yes, yes. I remember that conference, Red River. I think it was an entrepreneurship conference. Exactly, and, yeah. And just to be clear, Bilal's talking about a program we were starting at Nelson Mack 
that was a career development program that moved you outside of the conventional classroom and into a variety of exactly. venues that allowed you to stretch yourself. So Bilal, when you talk about that story, that's a great example of you stretching yourself. And it was funny because how many times did I just throw you into a frying pan and oh say, just, just go do this. And you were always, oh, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. Just go do it. I'm right behind you. I'm right do on the it. side here. Yeah. And even until today, like I take that lesson, like I use it in my like everyday life, you know, like I just, just do it. Like whatever happens, happens. You're like, we're so young, whatever mistake we make right now, we're just going to learn from it. And we'll just become better, like versions of ourselves basically. And like another example is the, uh, what is it called? The dragons, uh, the dragons. The tiger's den. den. We, we did the tiger's, tiger's den. den. Yeah. The yeah. tiger's den. Now, just that, so was, that was something else. Well, just so people it are aware, in, in Louis Real School Division, I organized something called the Tiger's Den. We've organized it for 20 years. <laughs> and it's an entrepreneurial day where we invite 30, 30 businesses and um, close to 100 students. And they meet each other for the first time. They have to plan uh, a product or a service, a problem that they want to solve, and they have to pitch it a dozen times in the afternoon. And uh, Bilal's talking about a program in which he was involved. I think he did it for two years. So it, that's one of our signature entrepreneurial <laughs> events in this division. And one of other things I really wanted to mention too, that when I when I first joined that program that we, that Mr. Magnificent just described, um, one of our tasks or one of our things that we had to complete as part of the course is get some volunteering hours, right? And I never understood why a person would want to work for free. I never got that. The whole concept of working for free just didn't make any sense to me. And when I started volunteering at the St. Boniface Hospital, I remember I volunteered for a whole year. And at that time, I realized how important it is to kind of like take some of your time and give back to the community that you live in. And specifically for me, it was St. Boniface. Um, when we first came here to Canada, I remember my dad was saying, hey, okay, this is it. This is where we're going to settle. This is our life. I really want you guys to invest in this, and I want you to become better citizens. we got to become better people and improve the community we live in. And now looking back at it, I think one of my best decisions ever was going up there for the food, you know, and joining that program. It was amazing. Well, well, Bilal, you're right. Often the way we entice students to these events is pizza. I've never seen students eat pizza like those <laughs> kids at Nelson Mack or any kids. It's just the minute we say, and, and you guys can agree or disagree, Gabe, if I offer you pizza, are you coming? Yeah, of course. We could be going outside. Oh, yeah, of course. That's like the number one currency. <laughs> It's, uh, it's great and pathetic at the same time, but <laughs> it's the only way to bring kids out to things. It's a rare moment when you talk to a kid and say, hey, how would you like to come to an entrepreneurial program and learn about uh, how to pitch an idea and get in touch with your inner soul and self? Well, I don't know. There'll be pizza. All right, I'm in. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a just, that's a golden rule of high school. Yeah. If I bring food, you will come. Hey, but anyway, hey, Bilal, you did a lot of things there. There's some special things you did. You joined, you remember I got you into the Junior Achievement Program, and you did that for a yes. couple of years. 
Talk about the impact of that junior achievement program on you as a person. Yeah, that program had a lot of effect too. And even until today, like the experience from the junior achievement program and the stuff that I learned from that program kind of prepared me to like what I want to do in the future. It kind of like, I don't know. Basically, I remember the first time when the program was presented, I just thought it was impossible to do. Like, how are you asking a high school student to build a business from scratch and make some money out of it? And it just didn't make any sense to me. And you want to run a production line? Like, what are you even saying? It was so, so confusing in my head. And then we started the program and it was just started as kind of like, okay, we're just throwing out ideas. And then we started implementation. We started design. We started like building the product and selling the product. We started taking the product, going to malls and present it to people, listen what the customers really think about the product and understand what the market wants, I guess. That was one of the biggest things that we learned from junior achievement. And that built a lot of confidence in going up to people and talking to them because you had to present your idea and you had to convince them that your idea is a really good idea. And the other thing that it taught us is rejection is cool. You know, like there's a lot of times where like we walk, like people walking in the mall and you go up to them and they don't even say hi and they don't even like say anything. And it's just like, okay, I guess the next person in comes, like I'm going to talk to them. I feel like that was the biggest lessons learned from junior achievement. And even until today, um, in third year here at university, like I've done a lot of things here at the University of Guelph too. I remember in my first year, uh, I took it mostly to kind of like focus and get stabilized at the university, know my courses and everything like that, get get familiar because I came all the way from living alone from uh, living with my family to like living alone on the campus. So I took that time to kind of like understand what I really want to do at the university and where I want to spend my most of my time at. In my second year, I did a we started a community development. Um, uh, projects here in Guelph where a lot of engineering students, uh, by the way, at the University of Guelph, I study engineering systems and computing, computer engineering basically. And uh, we took uh, that community, the engineering community to um, develop, the, basically we used the students to volunteer, To we helped, we sent students out to volunteer in the community. And then my third year, that's when junior achievement comes in big time is when I joined, uh, when I joined the uh, CBase, like uh, CBase here at the University of Guelph is an incubator program for businesses and, uh, and for business students and engineering students and art students. And it was really, really cool because all the things that I learned from junior achievement helped me even until today. See, that's awesome. And that's, that's interesting what you brought up because I want to bring to the attention that while you're a systems engineer, your original career choice was to be a doctor. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. And you wanted to be a doctor. And you told this story about why you wanted to be a doctor, about you about you listening to the doctor's voice. Do you want to tell that story? Because that's the embryo that starts you on a career path. And we got you to try so many things and move on. We're going to talk about other pieces in a minute. But it, the doctor thing didn't work out. Talk about that a bit. You want to be a doctor, and why didn't it work out for you? Sure, yeah. I guess we can start off by, first of all, thanking Mr. Magnifico for teaching me how to tell stories. 
remember the first time I, before my interview, I went to Mr. Magnifico and he told me, hey man, it's all about your story. You don't have to have a whole kind of like thing set up, a script set up. No, just go in there, tell whatever's in your heart, make them feel whatever you're feeling and that's it. That's what you got to do. And I took his, I took his advice and basically when I walked in there, I remember talking about the experience, why I wanted to become a doctor and I remember one of like, okay, so I guess I'll tell you the story here too. I'll share it again. So when I was a little kid, um, there was this little girl too, you know, and we were always together the whole time. And I remember um, I did something. I'm not sure what I did. I completely forgot, but I did something that pissed the uh, uh, pissed the girl off. And we were on the we called it seesaw. I, I don't like I don't know like Lilo. Yeah, so yeah. swing basically on the playground. Exactly on the playground, and then I don't not. I, completely forgot what I did but she just puts her hand in front of the swing and then I just fly straight out of the swing land straight on a rock and like I think it was right here like do you see that scar right here yes that's the yeah. scar yeah and then I remember I remember when I when it was like 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 I was dizzy I couldn't see anything they stood up there was blood everywhere and I kind of like, I just fell on the ground. Next thing I remember is waking up to the doctor, like to one of the doctors, like telling me, "Hey, it's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be fine." And that kind of like made me want to really become a person who would improve people's lives or uh, help others, like heal other people. And the doc, basically, a doctor I wanted to become a doctor. After well, that. and the power of that when story, a, yeah. And the power of that story yeah, was you felt the compassion of that doctor. Do you remember? And, yeah, and, I remember. And, and you felt, you heard his voice when you were kind of unconscious. And exactly. You just, you told such a powerful story to me when you were like a grade 11 student in my office. And I, I thought right away, you have to tell this story to people because that's the connection. The irony of all that is, you're not a doctor, and you're not no. going to become a doctor. You know what? Because one of the things we learned in this program is, hey, it's okay to try something different. I remember when I was in high school, I loved biology. I used to do really good in my biology classes. And I thought that would be the perfect thing for me. you know. But then once we started trying different things, we tried the hovercraft challenge. And look at it! Look at us now. We're you remember the hovercraft challenge? Yeah, that was the main reason... I went into engineering. But I remember a great moment in the hovercraft challenge. Do you remember? We were, um, the, the hovercraft challenge was sponsored by the Canadian manufacturers and exporters in Manitoba, the CME, uh, the place mm -hmm. run by Ron Kozlowski. Shout out to Ron, good friend. And we were doing, we, we had to build a hovercraft and we were competing against schools from all over Manitoba. And we were in a drag race. And I remember this story succinctly when our bladder on our hovercraft didn't work. And we had prepared uh, for problems like that. But it, we had to race. And we couldn't race because our bladder broke somehow. Do you remember that? And then Bilal yeah, pulls out this kit. This emergency kit, and he starts pasting up this thing, and he puts a new bladder on, he makes it work, and he did it calmly, like purposefully, got it done. We raced, and we won the drag race. That's crazy. 
I'll, ne I'll never forget that incredible piece of problem solving from you. When you saw the problem, you, you prepared, anticipated that something might happen, you had the tools and you made it go. I always thought this kid has the engineer and the problem solving seed in him. So it's kind of cool that you went off and became a and became that doctor. Do you remember that scenario? Do you remember it? Yeah, I do remember that scenario. I mean, one of the things like I was really like during the building, during the design phase of building the hovercraft, there were so many times where like I ended up burning something and I don't understand why. <laughs> so I always had an extra of everything. You know? That's one of the things I learned. Yeah, if, if, yeah, if, if Bilal was working on the project, we could smell it because something was on oh fire. Oh my god, Mr. Sabrin probably hated <laughs> me then. I burned so many of his batteries, burned so many of his motors. <laughs> yeah, yeah you cost really us a lot of money, but that's okay, that's okay. No, it was, it was uh, one of the best experiences ever. It just showed me that, hey, like, you can try something else, like, you can try something new. And, yeah ended up going into engineering okay hey do you guys have any questions lily or uh, isabella yeah i have one question um at the very beginning below you, you said it, but when you your family moved here in canada you are very young right grade nine or something and uh, it's all the decision made by your parents right you followed your parents to be here so when you face so some difficulties at the very beginning do you all um, have any uh, feelings like to want to um, blame can i use this word uh, your parents for this because i am a mother and i make my decision to move all my uh, family here in canada and my daughter she's almost that uh, uh, grade 10 or something. So I, I always think that if she facing some difficulties, whether she will uh, be angry with me, with my decision. Yeah, I mean, I, there were so many times at the beginning when I first moved here to Canada, there's so many times it was just like, why did I, like, why, like, why did we have to do this move, you know? And one of, like, like I had, I had a lot of friends back in Nigeria. I had a lot of good people in my life and it was the fact that I had to restart everything again from scratch was really really scary that was the scariest thing I'd say one of, like it was really really scary I can't even describe it but then as time went through as time went on I remember the first kind of like three weeks four weeks I was having a little bit hard time at high school and I really hated it I really hated it but then it kind of got better and better and I just accepted the fact that hey you know what um I'm here for a reason. We're here to learn. We're here to like, do something different. And instead of thinking about it as a bad thing, I started thinking about it as a great opportunity. Yes. And that's why I started getting more interested in like self-development rather yes. than just yes. playing around in the school. Well, didn't you also work at A&W? Like, didn't you have some jobs? Yeah, I went or I Starbucks. Went you were Starbucks. You're a barista, weren't you? Barista, yeah. Okay, what first, was that? my first job was working at Chicken Chef in uh, the at the same Boniface. Yeah, and I remember it was one of the hardest like jobs ever because like it was just dishwashing and you come out smelling really bad 
out of there. Like it was, it was really rough. Like, that doesn't say then, a lot about the chicken that I ordered from there. Okay, okay, <laughs> no, that, that, that makes really me a little worried. Okay, it's really good chicken. I'm just talking like just the environment. Just, okay, as as a grade what grade ten student, yeah. I started working and uh, and I got an opportunity at my Safeway at Starbucks. They're working at Starbucks as a barista, and I loved that. You know, and that helped me kind of like start making my own money and manage my own kind of like income helped me kind of get that in my head that hey you know what i'm gonna stay here in canada we're gonna work here we're gonna you remember turn this too? Into- yeah right on and we worked on your resumes and cover letters you remember doing all those pieces yeah we and, did uh, we did a lot of uh we did a lot of work here at the university at the um nelson mcintyre where we helped a lot of people build their resumes i remember someone helped me build my resume to get that first job to get that yeah. chicken chef job Yes. And I really wanted to kind of give back. So we started mentoring people on how to build it. Yes. And that, really was part cool. of, and that was part of the program we developed, right? It was kids, exactly. coach, that was kids, part of the kids coaching kids, which is a very exactly. powerful model. We really enjoyed it. Hey, it was ask because, you, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it was. It was a really powerful model because basically one of the things as a kid, basically, you really never wanted to like hear that you're wrong, which is foolish. Yeah. But like, you always wanted to hear opinions of people your age so you don't feel like you're judged or anything like that. So I remember that program did that perfectly. You did a really good job in helping like learning, like in the learning process because basically it was a student, a grade 10 talking to grade nine, for example, telling them, Hey, when I was your, like when I was at your same spot, I did this to get this job and I did this to improve my resume. And when I went to the interview, we talked about this and we talked about that. So right, right. I think that model was really, really successful. Oh, good. Hey, I want to say something about one of your crowning achievements, though. Remember, we were working on it, too. I don't know sure if for our, our listening audience, Bilal became a Loran scholar. And if you're thinking, well, what is that? Then I'm going to tell you. That means he won a $100,000 scholarship, a hundred k. That's a lot of dough. And that meant when you win that award, you need to go to university. So when Bilal's talking about uh, he's at the University of Guelph, part of the program involves you leaving your home province and going to another province for university that includes room and board and takes care of your undergrad degree. And you had the courage to apply for that program. You were sponsored uh, by the uh, student services program at the school at the time. Mm-hmm. And you have to apply for that. Do you remember how long we spent rehearsing and going through your story in that office? Yeah, I remember. It was, it was, a, really, it was a really cool kind of experience. It just made me realize a lot, like, a lot of things that I didn't know about myself, to be honest with you. And that's the power of it, right? The more you talk yeah. about yourself... The more it was reflecting, putting, basically. Yes, yes, all the reflection. And the more you reflected yeah. about yourself and you shared, started sharing your stories, the more you began to see the depth and breadth and possibility in every one of your stories, the more mm-hmm. compelling your personal narrative became. And because Loran, Loran had a, um, an interview process, you had to have good marks, which you had, but without mm-hmm. the experiences, we, we call always call them, without collecting your dots. And we talked about connecting your dots, yep. got to collect yep. them first that. without <clears throat> me con- collecting your dots and then starting to connect them in the, in, 
when we met in the office for hours, we met for hours talking about it, then your interview may not have gone as well. Talk about that interview that you had with Loran and how effective it yeah, was. Yeah, of course. Of course. One, uh, the Loran scholarship uh, interviews, a lot of people think that it was like it's an intense interview. No, it's not really. They really just want to know who you are. They want to know your story. They want to know what you're about and what you're passionate about, right? And I remember the first time I walked into my first interview, I was so scared. I was like, man, like this, if I end up getting this scholarship, it's just going to make it so much easier on my family. Like my family don't have to worry about paying for university or I don't have to like work as hard to like pay off the university. I don't want to graduate with like debt. That all that pressure was on me. I remember it was on me the first interview and I completely bombed that interview. I didn't really do good at it. Good at all. Like my first interview it went really bad. But then I remember the second interview, um, I was just like, Hey, you know what? Like it is what it is, let's do it. We're gonna walk in, we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about myself. We're gonna talk like I think one of the biggest things that when we had that Mr. Magnifico, when we were talking about all that experience, it kind of built the confidence in me. It helped me kind of mm -hmm. uh, be more comfortable talking about myself, let's say. Mm -hmm. And then when we went in there, I literally just started talking from the heart. Instead of having something planned, scripted, no, it was all from the heart. And I feel like that's always the way to go rather than having something as a script. I remember the interview, we told them, I told them about the doctor story that I just told you. Because they asked me, like, what program are you, like, uh, thinking of? And I was like, biomedical sciences at the University of Guelph. Why do you think this is a good program for you? I told them the exact same purpose I told you guys in, like, the last couple of minutes. And then there was just a lot of, like, the interview, like, I can't remember because the interview is, like, five years ago. It's been five years ago. I can't remember exactly the questions or anything like that. But it was all just personal questions. They really just wanted to know who I am. And with the whole kind of like connecting the dot thing, I think the fact that I review like the self-reflection helped a lot because I was able to connect all the dots together. And well, they were really interested. In, yeah, I, I yeah. remember part of that because we debriefed it after, and they really wanted to know about your junior achievement experience. They really wanted to know about your oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. experience. They really One of the and biggest... so you choosing those experiences piqued their interest. Yeah. And because yeah. you had a great experience and you lived the experience, it, it just flowed out of you. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I remember, like, I, like if I'd say, like, what helped me get the Loran Scholarship, I'd say one of the biggest things is joining that career development program, starting my volunteering experience at the St. Bonifus Hospital, mm -hmm. doing the Hovercraft Challenge, working with a lot of different people. And Special Olympics. And you also were keen on Special, special Olympics. Special Olympics, too. We volunteered yeah. with the Special Olympics. It was really cool. And then the junior achievement and the sports in school that we did uh badminton the soccer all that stuff like that all helped a lot with the application for sure because it created the stories it wasn't that oh i did this i i finished this challenge no it was more about like oh when we were at this challenge this happened and the whole team was freaking out we didn't know what to do the bladder went off and we were all stressing, we were all scared, we didn't know what's going to happen next. But then we all worked together as a team to figure out how we're going to make this, how, we're, how are we going to solve the problem we're in right now. Yeah. And we ended up solving that problem 
and the fact that when you tell them we ended up winning, but we had no idea like, that's gonna happen. A school, right. Nelson Mack, first time ever getting into something like that, never done anything like that before. In Junior Achievement and the Hovercraft Challenge, winning both challenges like flawlessly, it was amazing. And well, the smile well, it wasn't on their flawlessly. face. Flawlessly, okay. <laughs> but but we did. Yeah, hey, yeah Nelson we cried. did win. That was good. Nelson cried. <laughs> hey, Isabella's got a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Just listen to your whole story. It's so interesting how you grew from just someone that just came into Canada and you're trying to adapt because you're not so familiar with the culture or the jokes. Um, and then you did so many opportunities, you know, like you volunteered um, at the hospital, you worked. What would you say was the most um, impactful moment for you? Uh, when you were growing up in here and then before you transitioned to another province to start your university? I'd say, like, to be 100% honest, one of the biggest impacts or biggest, like, most important things that made that turn is joining that career development prog uh, program and kind of like, instead of just focusing on school and getting the grades, no, um, I started doing more stuff, like, more practical stuff and investing in my community. I feel like that was the biggest turn because it created a character that wasn't there before. When I was in grade nine, I was completely different from when I was in grade 10. Two different mentalities, completely different mentalities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I went into group 10 with that new mentality that I gained from joining that program, it kind of motivated me to keep going forward and keep trying to do what I'm passionate about. Because one of the biggest things that this program and the most things I loved about this program is that Mr. Magnifico gave you the option to choose whatever you were passionate about to do and whatever you enjoyed. I remember uh, the business, uh, when we went to Special Olympics, I, it was because we told him, I told him specifically, Mr. Magnifico, I'm really interested in sports. He was like, okay, you can invest most of some of your time here and help these people out. out. Like, okay, sounds good. When we did the junior achievement, I told him, Mr. Magnifico, I did this uh, electrical class and I loved it. I want to do more, but I can't get it in a course right now in grade 11 at Nelson Math. He's like, hey, I got this program for you. Let's start a team. We did it. Junior achievement. We don't have any business entrepreneurship. We went to a lot of entrepreneurship conferences, but we never had the chance to use that, apply that at the school in Nelson Mack because we were at, we were a really small school what like 400 students Mr. Magnifico? No about 250 or so. 250 yeah, yeah exactly and we didn't have the chance to like and then that program gave us opportunity to get out there and experience the outside rather than just staying inside school and focusing on school only and sports so I feel like that was the biggest turn that helped me kind of uh, change like when I helped me adapt when I left the, uh, the province when I left Manitoba to Ontario one of the biggest reasons like how like it helped me a lot during university and finishing my degree in engineering I hope that answers the question that's a great answer Bilal and here's the thing we're coming to the end Bilal and you know what here's what I love about you and here's what um, is so powerful when you were approached to join that career development program it was, it's called the imagine program at, uh, at, at Nelson, that's what we started. Do you remember? We, you helped me on the website and all kinds of things. Yep. Um, you didn't want to join 
Like you're the nope. common, you were a common high school student who was going to do well academically, but we pulled you into a different world where let's make some new choices. Let's go outside of the school walls. Let's turn our classrooms into anywhere we decide to mm -hmm. make a classroom. So when you did that, you were just an average kid when I met you. Nice kid, smart. You've blossomed. I love when you said, you know what? I had to learn how to talk about myself. I think you've done that. Bilal, I think Thank you've you. learned how to talk about yourself. Let me tell you, like, I was really, I remember the first time I did, we, they, uh, they offered this program, I was really scared because I thought that it's going to damage my marks. But no, no, like, every student out there, like, I encourage you to try new things. And yes, marks does matter, but there's more important stuff. Being able to talk to people, being able to think, being able to, like, be creative, innovative. And, like, until today, that, like, has been my biggest kind of, like, I'm, I'm really happy about the decisions that I made there. Like, that was one of the best decisions ever, joining that program. Well, you know what, Bilal? We are, I'm so proud of you. You've, uh... Thank you, Ms. You're well, one of my other you. sons. I have my real sons. You're one of my other sons. And I, I always feel a great twinge. When I see you on LinkedIn and you're doing all your great work and you're joining another entrepreneurial social enterprise, I feel nothing but warm and fuzzy inside. So congratulations. Yeah, it's all from you, Mr. Magnifico. No, you helped no, a lot. No, and I got to give you credit for that. No, you're the, you're the guy who makes those calls. Remember, I, I talk to a lot of kids. Not every one of them takes me up on my offer. You did. And that's what happens. Without the mentorship, Mr. Magnifico, like your mentorship was just amazing. Like it you know what? directed me to where I needed to be. You're being too kind. You made the calls. You're going <laughs> off and doing great things. And we expect nothing but great work from you in the future. Thank so you that, very hey, much. I, I want to thank everyone today. Bilal, thanks so much for communicating thank with us from much. the University of Guelph. You're one of our proud students from Louisville School Division. And Isabella, thanks so much for being with us. Lily's from home, taking care of herself and her family. And Gabe, what did you think of the podcast, your first time? This podcast is really good, actually. It's really it's really interesting listening to other people talk about the, their career stuff. And so it was really cool being on here, even though I didn't really get to say much. It's just nice to listen in. Well, you know what? It'll be, Gabe, you can listen to it again because it will be on Spotify. It will be on Apple Podcasts. LRSD TV and there's a new app LRSD radio you can download so this podcast is going nowhere but up nice segue thanks to great guests like Bilal and this great production team Bilal thanks very much thanks everyone for listening to this week's podcast goodbye everybody we'll see you next goodbye. week see you later bye. thank you very much for having me